listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus. And welcome to episode 93 of the Testudo Times Podcast, where on this show, we advocate for Sasha Swarovski to be the next head coach of the U.S. Men's National Team. Can't be any worse than Tab Ramos. Just saying. Thomas, uh, I feel really bad right now, not just because the U.S. lost, obviously, and isn't going to qualify for the World Cup, which is bad, but because the man who is getting all sorts of crap, and somewhat deservedly so, is great Turp Omar Gonzalez, and that always makes me feel sad when that happens. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of things to be sad about, you know, soccer-wise, and the fact that, that Maryland players featured prominently in you know, them not being able to beat Trinidad and Tobago. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly in the mix. It was a Wada Howler own goal. Although I do have to say, maybe karma has equaled itself out because four years prior to this, a certain Maryland Terrapin named Graham Zussi kind of did the same thing in reverse to another country. So, hey, it happens. Well, wish that happened on last night, but it didn't. So we must move on from this. And Jared... I don't know how sad you are about uh, soccer-related things. I'm going to try to limit the soccer talk on this podcast because I don't want this to be coming rants into things that shouldn't be talked about on Maryland shows. But you, are you sad still as well? Yeah, I've actually um, – I think I've watched about every minute of competitive U.S. soccer for the last three years. Um, I, so, I was at three games this qualifying cycle, so how do you think I feel? Yeah, no, I mean, I feel you. This, I mean – I I went to Looney's last night to watch the game with a couple of my roommates. That seems appropriate and, uh, at this point because you went to a place where everyone goes insane. Yeah, and uh, it was just tough. I I don't like watching games in public of any team that I root for because I tend to overreact to just about everything. Um, so I know it was tough watching. Don't don't get don't get you on place. a night when don't get you on a night when there's a big Maryland basketball game is basically what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Let's, we'll let's keep talk it composed about... on press row, though. Uh, well, yes. Well, if it's on press row, it's easier because none of us really react when they're on press row. That's something right. I've learned. Even, no, we just even... run straight to Twitter. Yeah, I know. This is the thing that I always noticed when I was covering games in Maryland. It was really easy for me to not react to anything. Mostly because I was calling the games, but also because it's just a lot easier to be more neutral and arbitrary when you're on press row than it is anywhere else. It's just a natural reaction. I guess that's good journalism training from the great folks at the Merrill College. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Let's talk about something slightly more encouraging, or maybe not, uh, and that's Maryland football. And Thomas, you know, remember how I said that Maryland was going to cover the spread? Don't listen to anything I say about gambling advice. I have a worse track record than SVP's winners, so don't, don't listen to anything I say. But actually on this game, it ended as but just about the way we thought it would with Ohio State kicking the tails off of Maryland. But in many ways, this is actually more disappointing than the final score would let on because that was about as poorly as I think a team of Ohio State's quality could play in the first half, and Maryland was still losing 41-7. to It was really frustrating. Yeah, they... I mean, Ohio State didn't turn it on until the very end of the first half when they scored, I think, three times in the last couple of minutes. Um, and Maryland had some chances before that and just didn't, and then the offense never got it going all day. Um, they finished with 66 yards, and even that number is deceivingly high. Um, it's it's surprising that they got uh, 14 points out of it. One of them was on a kick return, mm-hmm. and the other was on 
um, a run that was set up entirely by a fumble in garbage time. Yes. So you know, a lot of a lot of things just just didn't work at all, and it is discouraging because we thought, you know, maybe they can at least cover and make it somewhat of a game. And they did for about twenty five minutes. Yeah. Well, we were hoping for for like forty five. Yeah, about 20 minutes off there. I think the biggest thing that disappointed me from this game was, as I said, you're listening to the commentary of that game, and you're watching it, and you're seeing Ohio State make all of these ridiculous special teams errors, and you're thinking, oh, they fumbled it on the 50-yard line. Can Maryland actually do something? And repeatedly, it's no, no, and no. And Jared, a lot of the reason for this is something that obviously Minnesota wasn't good enough to punish Maryland for, but Ohio State pretty clearly is, and that is... They didn't respect Max Bortenschlager's ability to throw the ball at all, and we can't really blame them because, well, obviously, but Maryland couldn't run the ball, and that was the first time all year that I've seen their offensive line get bullied, and they got bullied and pushed around, and it was kind of jarring because they had played so well in the first four games, well, aside from UCF, but those were extenuating circumstances, and in this game, it just all went south. Yeah, and in all fairness uh, to to Maryland and and their offensive line, um, that's probably the best. I mean, that's definitely the best defense they've played all year to this point. Well, duh. Um, and it may end up being one of the best they play all year. I know they still got to play Michigan and Wisconsin. Um, Penn State's defense, I guess, is up there, but. But those, you know, those first two are also really good. Um, I mean, I, almost every player on Ohio State's defense was was a four or five star recruit, and that is the the biggest and fastest uh, combination of a defensive lineman that Maryland's seen so far. And you know, Maryland's offensive line, while they're also mostly highly regarded high school recruits, also. Um, you know, it, it, it's five of them versus basically eight or nine guys in the box uh, to try to stop the run. And, you know, it, it's tough to do that against anybody, um, but against guys who are as big and, and fast as the Buckeyes were and are, it's damn near impossible. I don't want to say that it would have been maybe a little better if Tyrell Pigram or Kasim Hill played, because it probably would have. But, Thomas, I mean... Can you really blame Max Bortenslager for this? I mean, I don't think you can. It's Ohio State's defense, and they are insanely loaded with talent that Maryland will never even hope to be able to put on the same field at the same time. Uh, you can't really blame him for what happened. You can't really blame the offense. I mean, you could sort of do that, but it's clear that when you're watching those games, you see how far Maryland has come in the first four games, and then you realize just how far they have to go to even be competitive to winning their division. It's insane. I think, I don't know, it's tricky to say I could even blame anybody because for me, blame would indicate that had they played better, they could win. And they, they would well, never if they played win. better, they would have made it more respectable. They had no chance of winning, we're honest. But we expected yeah. at least a little bit more respectability in this game than we ended up getting. And... And I think, you know, the yeah, the offensive line didn't have a great game because Ohio State's defensive line is very good. Um, and as a result, Bortenschlager didn't have a great game and they were able to stack the box then and they were able to stop the run. I mean, Maryland just didn't get didn't get any sort of big plays. They had, 
I think the most telling stat really is an offense that thrives on on getting big plays had two plays of more than 10 yards on offense. And both of them were in the second half. And one of them was, you know, Javon Leak's touchdown in garbage time. Mm. It was, so it was it, kind of frustrating in that respect, yes. Yeah, they spent, they spent 60 minutes failing to move the ball. And that's, you know, I mean, I guess you can place blame for that. I mean, Walt Bell took it, um, which an offensive coordinator probably should after a performance like that. Um, and, I mean, you can, you can distribute it how you will. I don't think it's, it's really a worthwhile thing to do at this point, though. I don't think you really blame anybody for games like this. It's just frustrating when you know your team can do better than that. And the coaches in there know that they can do better than that because they've beaten good teams on the road already this year. And they weren't competitive. And that's just what we wanted to see. And again, extenuating circumstances outside, even with that situation, after they won at Minnesota, you were thinking you were going to get a better performance than that. And obviously they didn't. So, uh, Thomas, we have to get to the elephant in the room here. Not just that Caleb Henderson exists and that he played but he might start on Saturday. And even in the year when Maryland was playing a linebacker and quarterback by game nine, they didn't have four different starting quarterbacks through the first six games. That is a distinct possibility on Saturday, and it's Maryland topping itself again. What's that situation looking like? So, um, you know, Durkin is adamant. Max Bortenschlager is still the quarterback. Um, I feel like coach just kind of has to say that. Um, I think it's really a toss-up between Bortenschlager and Henderson. I think they're probably around the same level basically right now. I mean, Caleb just got back to full health. Um, Didn't look great on Saturday, let's be honest. I don't think – I mean, nobody looked great on Saturday. Well, that's true, but he didn't look great, and he's among everybody. We must say that. He threw one pass. Um, Walt Bell said – he said it pretty well. He's either at, he's either 100% or he's a great liar. So, um, and with Bortenschlager kind of still a question mark and seeing how he played, um, I would honestly probably give a slight edge to Henderson at this point. But um, they will – I don't know. It, it's definitely not a given either way. Um, I think Maryland can win with either guy this weekend, but – you know, obviously some other things would have to go right. Well, we will get to those things in just a second. I think the fact that they're so noncommittal at this point leads me to believe it's going to be one of those, we have to wait until Maryland gets the ball on offense to see who's starting a quarterback, and it could be anybody. But the less we hear, the more I think it could be Henderson. Which, again, just think about that for a second. Not whether Caleb Henderson is starting or not, but that Maryland's going to have used, potentially if that happens, four different starting quarterbacks in six games. As I said before, Maryland has huge issues with quarterbacks staying healthy. That's always been the case. But four and six games is legitimately insane. And I can't think of anything like that ever happening in any sport I've ever followed uh, with that level of injury to one specific position. And Jared, I mean, at this point, Thomas says they're kind of equal. I, I can kind of see that. We haven't seen enough of Caleb Henderson to really say, but... Where do you think – is Maryland that much of a different team with different quarterbacks? Um, well, Walt Bell actually talked about this a little today. Um, we, generally, the answer is no. You know, they're still going to do kind of the same things. It, it'll be how they, uh, how they 
window dress it, I think is what he was saying. You know, how the, the packages they use, the personnel they use, and, and where they are on the field. Um, but they're still going to run, you know, the same inside zone, outside zone runs that that they, you know, give to Ty and Lorenzo, or Ty Johnson and Lorenzo Harrison. Um, so, yes, I guess in, in a sense in, in the that, you know, the quarterback isn't going to run as much if it's Bortenschlager uh, versus if it's Pigram. Uh, they're not going to put as much of a premium on dropping back and passing if it's, you know, this guy instead of Kasim Hill. Um, I, I think that if it's Henderson on Saturday, which would actually probably be my pick at this point based on the, the Are you answers were you yeah. unanimous here? That's amazing. Has that ever happened before? That's, I'm sure. I don't know. Um, but, but I mean, just based on the non-answers Are you really we unanimous? Got, just two guys agreeing? Well, no, I agree with you, too. All right, three. All right, three's a party. Three's go. a crowd. Yeah. Back based, on, based on the non-answers Durkin gave yesterday, um, and even Walt Bell kind of danced around it a little bit and he's a, usually much more candid than Durkin is um it seemed like one of those one of those things that you were talking about Matt where they just like come out on come out on offense and you're like oh that's who's starting it, to answer your initial question no they're not much different they'll still still do all the same things um it'll just look a little bit different in how they present it if you hear background noise, that's because Jared's friends are watching Game 5 of the ALDS between the Yankees and Indians as we're recording. Can't do much about that, but it at least makes for some interesting background noise. Maybe they're yeah. commenting on your commentary on the uh, quarterback situation for Maryland, Jared. You, you wouldn't know, although it turns out that the noises are being made right as the Indians get big hits. It's really funny how that works. Yeah, anyway. they're actually rooting against the Yankees. So. Oh, are they? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, could, I could imagine why. Well, you never know. It's Maryland. There are plenty of people from New York that go to Maryland. Regardless right. of this, Thomas, whoever starts a quarterback, this is a really important game for Maryland because Northwestern is getting off, you know, getting whooped by Wisconsin and then by Penn State. And with the way that Michigan State's playing the rest of the way, if Maryland wants to get to that magic number of six, they need to be two teams that aren't named Rutgers. And the opportunities for those two wins against teams not named Rutgers are starting to dwindle a little bit. And one of your best opportunities to get a win against a team not named Rutgers is Northwestern. They don't have much of an offense, and they got bullied by two very good teams that are going to bully Maryland later in the year. This is one of those toss-up games we talked about at the start of the season that they probably have to win if they want to make a bowl game, and it looks even more important now. Yeah, I mean, especially with, with what Michigan State did. You know, that was – it's weird how that went from – you know, a winnable game to, oh, God, another ranked team. Like, that that happened very quick. And I think, honestly, I mean, I don't even know what to take from that particular game because I don't think you can Michigan take anything from that game. Yeah, because well, the, of the only thing I can take from that game is that Michigan might have just as bad of an offense as Maryland does against good defenses, so. Yeah, I mean, Michigan turned it over five times, and Michigan State only won by four with a plus-five turnover margin. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything from that game. What to what to take away? All I know is that Michigan State is, you know, a much better team than I had previously given them credit for, and uh, beating them on the road will be tougher than, you know, initially expected. So that makes, you know, if 
if your one goal is ball eligibility, then that makes, you know, this game and the Indiana game, you know, a little more important. And A little more important? You mean the season kind of relies on those two games? More or less. I mean, it's one of those, if they lose, they drop to 3-3, three and three, suddenly they're back at 500. If they win, they're 4-2 and two, and they're a couple of games over. So it's, you know, that's a, that's a little tricky thing there. Um, yeah, just a, a lot of things that can kind of swing a little bit. Jared, what do we think about Northwestern? I had actually been watching a few of their games recently, the Wisconsin game and the Penn State game. Wisconsin, they were competitive for a while, but Wisconsin isn't exactly a light-you-up offense, and they don't really blow out anybody, although they were great defensively. They eventually pulled away in the end, and Penn State just whooped them, even though Saquon Barkley did nothing in the first half. And... What does that really say? I mean, Maryland's never played Northwestern in football before, I think. And from the evidence, this is also a team that got their doors blown off at Duke, who just lost to Virginia. So this should be, on paper, a game that Maryland, while at home, should maybe do a little bit better in. But at this point, with the quarterback uncertainty, how do we really know? And if they could shut down Saquon Barkley, they could shut down Ty Johnson and Lorenzo Harrison. Yeah, I think... That game they played against Penn State was a little misleading um, and a little bit of Big Ten gamesmanship on uh, on Penn State's part. They, oh, they James do... Franklin, gamesmanship? You yeah, must be Imagine joking. that, right? Yeah. Um, they they actually have seem to have one game like this every year, um, a week or two weeks before they play Michigan or Ohio State. They, they kind of... Uh, you know, play a lesser opponent much closer than they should uh, because they know they can win the second half 24 to nothing or whatever. While I don't want to take anything away from Northwestern, they obviously also still had to, you know, make tackles and, and get stops and everything. Um, I don't think that game was nearly as close as the score indicated for however long it was actually close. I wasn't watching that game. Um, I just I saw some replays and highlights later, um, but it, it, it looked you know from the ticker on the bottom of the screen that it was close for quite a while. Um, I think Northwestern is a good a good team that you know uh, the coaches were saying yesterday and today. You know when they lose, they typically come back um, and play well the next week. Um, that's something that Maryland has been pretty good at in the last two years, also. Um, when you know when they don't have to play Penn Good State teams. and yeah you know when they don't have to play Ohio State, Michigan, and Nebraska in back-to-back weeks, um, but I mean the story of the season really for Maryland is is that they have to beat teams of comparable uh, talent and ability, uh, and, and they have to win like all of those games to make a bowl game. So uh, I think that you know this should be a really interesting game and and hopefully it is it is a close exciting game just kind of for everybody involved because we haven't really I mean I guess Minnesota is one of those but we oh, haven't really yeah. had that as a home game um and, and I think that would probably be really good for for the fans and for just everybody involved I'm going to dub this game the Blackstone Bowl because we have to Okay. I mean, yeah, we, we need to. It, it's fine. I had multiple classes with Kevin Blackstone. I assume both of you have or will at some point. He teaches at Maryland. He went to Northwestern. 
This is obviously the game that will tug at his heartstrings, so I'm calling it the Blackstone Bowl. This is the first time it's going to happen on the football field. Notably, no one will care about it because Oklahoma-Texas is going on at the same time. That's a far more interesting game, but we're going to watch it because we're obligated to. Uh, before we move on to some basketball-related things, Thomas, do you think Maryland wins this game? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. Very, very committal on your part. Would you like to give us an explanation for your non-answer? They they have responded very well from uh, losses this season, and I feel like they should be able to do do that at home. It's their their special bring the night in, you know, in three thirty in the afternoon game. So like, I don't know. They'll be they'll be geared up like they always are. I think um, they can they can probably take advantage of you know Northwestern's question marks. So you know. If if they can start moving the ball, run the ball, and then they should be all right. Jared, uh, it's I don't even think it's my feelings on the team, but seeming you know everybody's feelings. It seems like they win, and like maybe they could beat you know one of the big four teams this year, and they lose, and then you know maybe they don't win another game at all. Um, well, that was certainly me. Did you listen to yeah, the podcast I, a couple weeks ago? The ups and downs of this, I mean, it's, it's really is unlike anything I've I've experienced in my short 20-plus years on this planet. Oh, you didn't see uh, the U.S. beat Panama 4-0. Everybody assumed they're making the World Cup and then have the well, one scenario. Never mind. I promised I wouldn't talk about soccer again, and then I just did. I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to forget about that. Based based on, on how, you know, discouraging the loss was to Ohio State um, and how that would probably lead me to believe that, you know, maybe they don't win this game against Northwestern. I'm going to take my gut feeling and predict the opposite. But I think Maryland finally wins a low-scoring game. I don't think, you know, if you can bet the under in this game, maybe do that. Somebody can um, look up the under. That would be fantastic. Over-under for the Maryland-Northwestern game is 51 and a half. Ooh, oh, take the under. Um, I know I just so, said don't take any gambling advice from me, but take the under for that. Yeah, my feeling on this game is, you know, it might be like a 20-16 to 16 defensive slugfest. Um, Northwestern, two of Northwestern's best defensive players were ejected for targeting in the Penn State game and will miss the first half of the Maryland game. Um, so if I guess Maryland's best chance... To, to capitalize capitalize on that is to you know get out early and and you know get on the board quickly. Seems very reasonable, and I could see that happening. And I will be just as noncommittal as everybody else and say I hope Maryland wins, but I have no expectations. But the last time I said that the season was over and they weren't going to win another game, they went to Minnesota and won. So what the hell do I know? Uh, let's talk about basketball, Thomas. And it's going to make your life at the press box Saturday afternoon very interesting because a couple of Maryland potential targets in the 2018 recruiting class are going to make their announcements on Saturday. Well, so the, one of them is Friday night. That oh, Friday is, night, but close enough. Yeah, I mean, Devin Dotson's Friday night, and Eric Ayala is Saturday during the second quarter. Or at halftime, right at 5 o'clock, 3.30 game. At, oh, yeah, you could, you could be playing or you could not be playing. I would be so great. Yeah, the halftime show would be something, wouldn't it? I hope it just makes they it on should, the Maryland video board. Yeah, they all oh, they all oh, that's probably a violation, but they should totally do that. 
I don't think they can do that, but it would be great if they did. Well, you yeah. know what? I mean, if, if in college basketball, you can pay people under the table and that doesn't get you done in until the FBI comes knocking at your door, you could put a basketball recruit commitment on the video board and it'll make everybody happy. Yeah, but no NCAA violations whatsoever. That would be pretty noticeable. The whole thing with the cash is that it's not noticeable. I know. But and, hey, the, and the hookers are in private. Yeah. C- can you at least let me have these jokes for two seconds? Anyway, continue, please. Um, yeah, so Dotson's Friday night, Ayala's Saturday. Um, I think the, the gist here is I think this is very, very good timing for Maryland because the consensus seems to be Ayala really wanted wants to go to Maryland, but it will be harder to commit to the Terps if they already have a point guard in the class and are looking for a shooting guard in the class and already have some point guards and shooting guards on their roster. So if Dotson commits to the Terps, then um, Ayala might, and he might still uh, choose Maryland, but I think it could be Dotson goes to Maryland, Ayala to Oregon, or Dotson to Kansas, Ayala to Maryland. I would be very surprised if they missed both. And I would also be pretty surprised if they got both. Hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's kind of where we sit. And I do like the timing of it because, you know, you would – Dotson's ranked higher and would probably be a more impact player right away. But Ayala is also very good and you know, they'll probably have him for probably for longer. Uh, Dotson's a bit of an NBA prospect to leave after a year or two or three. Mm. Um, what so, about Moses yeah, Brown? I mean, that situation, I have to interrupt because of Moses Brown. We've been talking about him for a while and I don't think we've heard anything on that front yet, have we? Unless I missed it. No, he's. He's still kind of sitting around, doesn't know if he wants Maryland or UCLA, or apparently Cal is emerging suddenly. Um, so he's kind of just sitting tight. I think he might want to just wait for a while to see. Because he was so connected to two schools that were a big part of uh, the FBI thing, and everyone in the college basketball landscape knows that more is going to come from that, um, I think he just wants to wait until he knows as much as he can. So that might take him out of signing during the early period. Um, it is That's unclear. Good reasonable explanation for that. I can't think of anything else. And if you, who would you say is more likely for Maryland, Dotson or Ayala, based on what you know? Because I know about I, as much as everybody like, else is parachuting in on this discussion. I, I, I really don't know. Um, it's one of those answers. where... Well, it's one of those, I mean, they haven't, there haven't been a lot of clear preferences. You know, Kansas makes a lot of sense, and then I've heard from people who follow Kansas that they don't think he's coming. Um, and I've heard most of the people that I know that follow Maryland think he's going to Kansas. So um, he'll end up somewhere, almost certainly one of those two. Jerry, would you have anything to add to this? Yeah, yeah I, I'll, I'll hop in. I am professing my utter loathing of the recruiting process just because it's just too much going on at once and it's a lot of pressure to put on 17 year olds and especially in basketball it's like it's all musical chairs too yeah and especially now more than ever it's musical chairs yeah jared you can go on now yeah sure uh i'll actually take the opposite stance i mean i understand the whole you know that's a lot of pressure and everything um but i mean recruiting 
mostly football, but also basketball, like, gets me through, like, my days. Um, well, and I, I think... We all have the our sense, quirks. Thomas, Thomas kind of hit this on the head, um, that no one, like, we don't know, and, like, I don't even know if he knows. Um, but, like, no one knows. This is a really odd... Um, not odd, but unusual that that a big prospect like this has been able to keep, you know, everybody in his circle, you know, family, coaches, teammates, um, one of which is committed to Maryland in Aaron Wiggins. Um, like, no one has said anything to anybody, um, including me. Um, I tried, but it's not working. Um, and... You know, it's it's uh, it's kind of odd, I guess. As far as you know, there's four options between Friday and Saturday, and that's you know, getting you know one or the other is that's two options. Getting both or getting neither one. Um, and in order, I would say probably it's most likely that Maryland ends up with Ayala, um, but not Dotson, followed by Dotson and not Ayala. Um, and then getting both is probably more likely than getting neither one. Um, but um, so I'll, I'll sort of go Edge out your on bets. No, I'll, I'm going to go out on a limb and, and guarantee that Maryland gets one of them. Um, and you can yell at me and deservedly so next week if that doesn't happen. I don't think I'll uh, yell at you. I'll well, the board, I'll, I mean, I'll laugh at you for being wrong. The proverbial you, you know, you can comment at me on whatever article. Um, Follow him at his Twitter handle, which is? Yeah, at underscore jgoldy17, J-G-O-L-D-Y-1-7. Um, Send yeah, your you hate can, mail a company to, basically, that way. Send it, send it my way. I'm a big boy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty pretty set that Maryland is up with one of them. Um as far as Moses Brown, you talked about that earlier. I Maryland publicly was the favorite, um, and supposedly still is the favorite for him. Um, but I am not getting the warm and fuzzies about that recruitment at all. Um, it seems like Maryland is the favorite as long as no blue bloods come calling. Um, he's made it very publicly clear that he wants to be a one and done, which hasn't scared Mark Turgeon and shouldn't scare Mark Turgeon away, um, especially for arguably the best center in the country. Uh, but if he could wait it out until the spring, which is seeming increasingly likely at this point, and wait for you know maybe Duke or Kentucky, maybe to come calling, you know, you know, one of those bigger programs to come calling, then I think he, you know, would commit maybe even on the spot to one of those programs when the offer, if the offer comes. Um, and, and if he ends up in Maryland, then it might just be kind of, uh, you know, nobody else offered. So here I am type deal, which sucks, but also doesn't because, Go Maryland, I guess. You're getting a good one and done player. Yeah, I, there's nothing wrong with that. I, that's, I mean, that's how college basketball is at this point. Um, so, so you know, you have to to play the system, um, and to get a player of his caliber should never be a negative. Um, it, it just, you know, 
how we end up getting to, you know, that situation playing out, you know, how we get to that point could end up being very interesting and, and, you know, could be a long process. You know, he was supposedly close to committing when he officially visited at the middle end of September. I don't remember exactly which weekend that was. It was the weekend before the big three person visit, um, but has held off amid, like Thomas said, this, this, uh, FBI investigation and and now I mean he could just wait until like April like who knows at this point. Well, I would assume that you're waiting till April because he don't know maybe he knows something about shoes that are going to drop that the rest of us don't. It's another reason it's, why you yeah, can see possible. something like this. Uh, I should say in Maryland Madness close to this weekend or somewhere around this vicinity. I know you said it before and I forgot. Next weekend. Next weekend. Okay, so it's yeah, October twenty first. All right. I've already started looking at uh, the season, and I wrote my preview article for another website, which you can go read. If you look go back on my Twitter timeline, you'll probably see it there, or just go to thecomeback.com. I don't care about plugging myself on this show. Uh, any thoughts quickly about the new season before we uh, wrap it up as you've started to crystallize your thoughts about this team? Thomas, you can I, go first. I still don't, I still don't really have, have too much. Um, you know, it's... It's it's the whole what do you do without Melo Trimble and who who steps up the most and you know there are a lot of potential answers to that question uh, I think a lot of for a lot of people Justin Jackson is uh, first on that list um, with all the NBA hype he's getting um, and then there's Anthony Cowan and Kevin Herter and then there's Bruno Fernando maybe a potentially healthy even Michael Chikovsky. Um just a lot of guys who could be very big factors here um but but still a lot of kind of question marks um mm. so a lot of a lot of options are you know the season can go can go a lot of different ways really well the majority of the previews that i've read and there aren't a ton of them out yet a lot of them seem to think maryland is pretty comfortably a tournament team five six seven range in the conference which seems about right but that's kind of where we predicted them to be last year and they ended up finishing what was it third so what do we know? But they, they're not Michigan State or Purdue. That's about all I can say. Jared? I think, I think it's possible they miss, but, I mean, I would expect them to make it. I think that that's a reasonable expectation for Maryland at this point in their growth. And, Jared, uh, what say you? Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to watch the development of Anthony Cowan um, now being, like, the guy, basically, uh, to handle the ball. Um, he was sort of the guy last year when they moved Mello off ball, but make no mistake about it. That was, well, you know, we all know that was Mello's, Mello's team um, for all 40 minutes, basically. Um, but I, I'm really excited to see Bruno Fernando. I think he can be that kind of offensive banger um, and rim protector on defense um, that Maryland really hasn't had in a while. I guess Tchaikovsky is like sort of supposed to be that, but isn't quite. Um, I think that, that he's a really powerful power forward um, who may end up playing some center to spell Checo when, when he sits. Um, but I think that, you know, we probably know what we're going to get in terms of watching uh, Cowan, Herter, and Justin Jackson. Um, but I think whether or not this ends up being, you know, five or six seed team in the tournament versus maybe a team that just misses um could could really rely on you know it's it's four and five men 
Um, you know, can can Fernando Checo, Bender, Sean Obi, um, and you know whoever else ends up playing minutes at those positions, can they, you know, keep opposing big men from just dominating in the post and at the rim? Who knows? But I think that's really the key for this season. You know, can they can they play? You know, average or better down low. I, I think that's really it. Seems reasonable enough to me. It was a problem last year. It's been a problem for Maryland in the past, and we'll see how that question gets answered. But basketball season is just on the horizon. If you're really sick of us talking about fourth string quarterbacks on this show already, in many ways I kind of am. But hey, it's this is what we do when we cover Maryland athletics, Thomas. It is an exercise in seeing what new spectacular things could go wrong in football. We should also mention that Jalen Brantley, who transferred to UMass, they discovered a heart condition, which means he can't play anymore, which is obviously very sad. And when you posted that article, I got very sad because I like Jalen Brantley a lot, and it's a shame that he can't play again, even when he was hoping to. And it's a shame it wasn't obviously at Maryland where he could have helped out, but he'll help out at UMass. And it's very sad when you see news like that. It's always always breaks your heart a little bit. Yeah, I mean... Brantley was, you know, a really genuine guy. I mean, I got to cover, cover the team for a bunch of last year and a little bit of um, two years ago. And, yeah, I mean, Brantley's always just, you know, he's genuine. You know, you know, he means, you know, he means what he says. He's, he's, he's real. And to see, he's a fighter and he's overcome a lot. And the fact that, He's finally met something that, at least in a basketball sense, he couldn't overcome, is, you know, discouraging. Um, but obviously, the fact that, you know, he'll be, whatever this was, was detected um, when it was, and really, who knows if it would have been detected at Maryland? I mean, that's something that is a reasonable thing to kind of question at this point. Um, I don't know if Maryland has that like screening as a part of its preseason but I'm willing to bet that it will be very soon. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, he's, he was fun to watch. He was fun to be around, and you know, it's a shame that we won't see him on the court again. Oh, boy. I think we're still with some commentary in the background, which means it must have been time to end because that was the play that just ended the sixth inning, which was a lazy pop fly to center field. Jared, you're, the accompanying vocals in the background have been great. I haven't heard this great background vocals in a song since listening to ELO. Anyway, I can't tell you who that is because they'll get in trouble. But like, I I know you won't. But I don't care who it is. I don't know who they are. No one does. No, it's just no. amusing to me that this is happening on the show. I I have texted them several times. Don't to be keep embarrassed. It down. Don't be embarrassed. We're not totally embarrassing them on the show. We're just doing it anonymously. It's all right. Anyway, it's time to end the show. Thank you so much for both of you for being here and getting us through these dark, dark days when soccer doesn't seem to save us. It only makes us angrier. Thomas, if you could scour an interview with Sasho and ask him what he thinks about what happened, I would kill for it. But that's another stopping for another day. That has happened. That has, has happened. Has it happened already? He said it felt like it felt like a punch in the gut. Oh, that's just boring. I needed a Sasho comment on that. He's usually more colorful than things and saying things that everyone else has said. Ah. Gonna get him in a candid moment. I bet he would tell you a lot of other things. 
he has he has opinions on everything sock related and his opinions on this would be very interesting to hear maybe we'll do that that's something we should probably try to do regardless thank you both for being on this show hope you enjoyed the uh, the background vocals in the background it's a part of this show that will never be forgotten episode 93 of the test Tudor times podcast enjoy the games on the weekend and hopefully maryland will have a basketball recruit to celebrate when we do the show next week until then of course go terps Thank you.